The Adam Crowley Show. Axon. Axon. No. Axon. Oh, no. Oh, it's on the nipple. Axon. Ah! Axon. Oh. Axon. Oh, he went from the bottom. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Another night, another NBA game that disappoints. The margin of victory, again, double digits. I'm telling you what, this NBA stuff, not as good as people will tell you it is. Stanley Cup playoffs, always close. Last night's game, blowout. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Who blew it worse last night? J.R. Smith or Felipe Rivera Vasquez? Obviously, it's J.R. Smith given the circumstances. It's game one of the championship round. That's kind of a big freaking deal, but holy hell was Felipe Vasquez awful. Didn't record an out, five runs, ball game, season over. Season over. If you had any hope in the Pirates, you can't have much hope if their best reliever is going to pitch like crap. Coming into the season, we thought, oh, this bullpen's going to stink. Don't believe me? Said it a bunch on our show. The offense would produce. The starting rotation's going to be, eh, average, but the bullpen's going to stink. That's what we said. But I did not expect Felipe Rivero, Felipe Vasquez, whatever the hell you want to call him, I did not expect that guy to pitch as poorly as he has this season. 14 save opportunities, 10 saves, that's a terrible percentage, and it looks like hitters know what's coming. I'm not saying he's tipping his pitches, but he ain't fooling anybody right now. And for a guy with his kind of stuff, that's a huge issue. Who is going to be the Pirates' closer? Who is going to get the final three outs? We thought that the final nine outs might be a problem coming into the year. Who's it going to be? We didn't even know Richard Rodriguez was an option. You had Crick. You had Santana. Who's it going to be? Who's going to perform? Who's going to step up? Well, those guys have each had their moments, but they've each had some bad moments. Felipe Rivero, though, you thought, okay, he can get three of the nine. And nope, he can't. Out of all the people the Pirates could have paid this summer, he was the one that they did. He's the guy that they paid. He's the guy that's going to be around for a while. Out of all the players they could have traded, I said he was the one that they should because he might never have had higher value than what he had last year. Whoopsies. And now he's not the same guy. Literally, figuratively, not the same guy, not the same name. Felipe Rivero, as a Pirate, had a 238 ERA, 22 of 27 save opportunities. Felipe Vasquez, 386 ERA, 7 out of 10 save opportunities. The strikeout numbers are staggering. Staggering. Guy was striking out like 12 dudes a game. Now he's striking out less than 9 as Felipe Vasquez. I can't tell you what the problem is. I'm not a pitching coach. I can't tell you he needs to change his arm slot or repeat his delivery. I can't tell you that. He still revs it up there. He had a time this season where the velocity didn't quite look like what you wanted the velocity to look like from Felipe Vasquez. Well, it's back up, and it don't matter. 
I was so confident the Pirates were going to win that game last night, I turned it off and started watching the NBA. Cervelli hits the bomb. You're feeling good. Enter Vasquez. No outs, five runs, walk-off shot, season done. Does that sound hyperbolic? Probably. But if the rotation is going to be what the rotation has been, and your best reliever can't get outs, what are your options? What are you going to do? Is Kyle Crick now the guy? He can't be the guy tonight if they have a lead because he's pitched the last two nights. But maybe he's the answer because he's actually looked pretty good. Is it Tyler Glass now? Oh, my God. How could you say it could be? If consistency is what you want, you can't go with Mr. Glass now. Now, his last four or five appearances, he's looked very good. But do you trust handing him the ball in the ninth inning? I absolutely do not. Does he have the testicular fortitude to be able to handle the problems that may face him as a closer, the pressure of having to get the final outs of a baseball game? I don't know. It's not the worst idea in the world. You should probably start giving guys opportunities now other than Felipe Vasquez, but the opportunities don't exactly get me all that excited. And in fact, the more I talk it out, the more I think if you've got a bunch of guys who you think might be okay at it, Maybe just stick with the guy who's actually done it before and hope he regains his form. I'd give him a couple nights off, though. Let him breathe. And maybe he'll go on the DL like Ivan Nova. These phantom injuries, man, they must be contagious. 412-922-2874 is the number. J.R. Smith, man. I have never in my life seen anything like that. What's the most important thing in a sporting event? It's the scoreboard. Mommy and Daddy, they'll always tell you as you're growing up, oh, it doesn't matter what the score is. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. That's why you play sports. Eh, yes and no. You want to have fun. You also want to have the better score at the end of the game. And J.R. Smith didn't know what the score was at the end of the game. How is that possible? How? How do you not know? And the thing that has to be driving Cavaliers fans crazy today is that not that he ran out to have court, but that he ran out to have court instead of having an easy putback. He had one defender between him and the rim, but he also had the space to put up a shot. They could have won the game right there. Now, it'd be nice if the Cavaliers could make their free throws. That was an issue. But come on, man. If I'm LeBron James, that sealed it. I'm out. Peace. See you later. Not coming back. I can't handle this team. LeBron James had one of the best performances I've ever seen by an athlete ever. Not just in basketball, in any sport last night. It was sublime. Every time he had the ball, your eyes are on him. And you knew something great would happen. He's hitting threes. He scored 51 points, had 8 rebounds, 8 assists. Could have easily had 15 dimes. If his teammates didn't suck, and they did, and they let him down, and that's exhausting. And if you're LeBron James, you have to look around, know that you still got it, know that you're still the best in the game, maybe the best ever, and realize that your years are slipping through your fingertips. Your opportunities to win championships are slipping away. Because father time sucks. He still has it, obviously. He might be playing the best he's ever played. But eventually, time smacks you in the face.
And if he gets hurt at some point, and he played all 82 games this season, but if he gets hurt at some point, can he recover the way that you could as a young man? Will he ever be the same again? Now, that's not to say he's going to get hurt, but he has to be thinking this way. How do I get the hell away from Cleveland? How do I get away from the likes of J.R. Smith and Kevin Love, who eh, is fine, didn't love his game last night? It was a sublime basketball game, though. Back and forth. I thought that the Warriors were going to pull away at one point. They did not. Right after the start of the second half, they went out to that big run. And I thought, eh, might be time to change the channel. We've seen this before, huh, Houston? They're going to start draining threes. Y'all be done. But LeBron James wouldn't allow that. What did LeBron make? His first four shots of the game? And it seemed like he made every other one after that. He's hitting threes, contested, and open, taking guys to the rack. He's doing what LeBron does, and he did it better than I've ever seen LeBron do it. He put up 50 points in the finals for the first time, and yet it's still not enough. We made a bet here on the Crowley Show that if this series goes seven games, I would have to eat a cow turd. A horse turd. Horse, horse poop. Yeah, whatever. Big difference. Is it? Yeah, it's a huge difference. You think so? Well, to start, they're two completely different animals. Oh. Either way, it was going to be bad for me. But the series is not going to go that long if you can't win when the best player ever drops 50. If you can't win that game, when is LeBron going to be better? They're screwed. If they had won that game, I would have felt confident about them splitting in Cleveland and then... Series is extended. All you need is one more LeBron show. And I mean, boo. But now I think we're going to see Golden State win the first two at home. I bet you LeBron wins game three. And then you probably play the rest out as a gentleman sweep. If you miss your opportunities, it's going to come back to bite you. And that's exactly what happened to Cleveland last night. Ask the Penguins. The Penguins had opportunities against Washington. And you've only got a handful of games. If you miss a chance to get a win, you only need four, then you're going to put yourself behind the eight ball. That was a game that Cleveland should have won. There was the atrocious refereeing that we'll talk to Mike DeCourcy from Sporting News about coming up in about 10 minutes here on the show. I don't know all the rules there. He does. He can explain it. I think it's atrocious to be able to review something like that. I can't believe that you can review whether or not a guy got fouled. To me, that's like reviewing if there's a hold in football. It's somewhat subjective. You can't be doing that. Cleveland should have won that game there, probably. Cleveland should have won the game at the free throw line. And then even after that missed free throw, they should have won it then because J.R. Smith just got to go up with the putback. Now, Stan said earlier on in the show, and you can hear, or earlier on in the day, and you can hear his show from noon until two on ESPN Pittsburgh that Steph Curry's probably hitting a seventy-five foot three anyhow, and ending it. But they had chances, and they couldn't get out of their own way. Olimata turns a puck over, goes the opposite way for a goal in the Penguin series. Penguins twice led going into the third period. You blow those opportunities, you blow a chance to win. You blow a chance to get. To a point where you can eliminate your opponent. And the Cavaliers are going to be kicking themselves. Not LeBron. He's going to be pissed and upset. He won't be kicking himself. But everyone else on that damn roster should be. 
especially J.R. Smith. Usually I feel bad for athletes. I do not feel bad for J.R. at all today. Sometimes things happen to you. Sometimes you're a victim. No, he's a victim of his own stupidity. Got to know the score, man. And that's not a hot take. Everyone's saying the same thing today. You got to know the score. But you absolutely have to know the score. What's the worst teammate to have in sports? This is the subject of my Twitter poll, at underscore Adam Crowley. Would you like to have the non-clutch goalie? The shaky psychological goalie? The bad closer? The terrible field goal kicker? Or J.R. Smith? Which one of them is the worst teammate? Bad field goal kicker. Just ask Peyton Manning about that. Mike Vanderjack, the idiot kicker. They come all the way back against the Steelers, and there were some bad calls in that game. And Mike Vanderjack. Whoopsies, missed it. Everyone on one side of the stadium has been blowing. Sorry. A goalie who's great but also not great in the clutch situations is awful. Think about Braden Holtby against the Penguins. He'd make every single save except for the one he needed to the last couple of years. This year, obviously different. It hurts. Stinky closer. You got to get 27 outs. It's a bitch if you don't. It's not cool if you've got that guy. It's a pain in the ass. And then you're not going to be able to win with J.R. Smith. You can't win with the guy who doesn't know the score. I was playing in a D-League hockey game this summer. And it was after the period change, so now we're on the long change. It's the second. And I run into my buddy, who's way bigger than I am, and I fall flat on my back. I got up and I started skating the opposite way. I thought I was all alone on a breakaway going to score a goal until I saw it was my goalie staring me in the face. But that's me, a guy who had five beers prior to a D-League hockey game. Can't happen with J.R. Smith. We'll talk to Mike DeCourcy about that coming up next. Also, is there a Rutherford-Sullivan disconnect? The usage of Hunwick and Reeves. Sprong's going to be part of this team is what Rutherford said, but yet he wasn't a part of it in the playoffs. Dominic Simone was the guy. They did not seem to be on the same page with the comments about Kessel at the end of the year. We'll talk to Josh Yoey about that coming up at 520. But as I said, Mike DeCourcy next. Talk NBA. Yeah, that's right. We're going to do that here on the Crowley Show. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. Jimmy John's Freaky Fast, Freaky Fresh. I'm calling because I saw one of your delivery persons today, and he was totally naked. Ma'am, I sincerely want to apologize for any... Fuck naked right there on the street. Ma'am, we're doing all we can to... And I say it's about darn time. I know, and I'm gonna... Wait, what? The human body is a beautiful thing, don't you agree? Well, I... We've suffered the tyranny of clothing for way too long. Okay, but... So thanks, Jimmy John's, for going all natural. Actually, ma'am, it's our meats that are all natural. Say what now? Our meats are all natural. Wood-smoked ham, choice roast beef, real fresh turkey breast, all natural and freaky fresh. So I don't suppose I can expect all natural delivery in the future? Uh, no. Tom, what's your favorite kind of donut? I like the Long John's. Big, thick, long things filled with cream. I can't get enough of them. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Mm-mm-mm. You know, I can ask me what my favorite is? Oh, what's your favorite donut? I don't eat donuts. You don't eat donuts? No, I'm trying to be skinny, man. Well, you could have fooled me. Stanley Cup Final Game 1 and Game 2 were excellent. Except there was the whole problem of refereeing. NBA Finals Game 1 was excellent. Uh, But then you have the whole problem with the refereeing. Joining us now to discuss is Mike DeCourcy. He writes for Sporting News. He's one of our favorite people to follow on Twitter. And you can check him out at 
TSN Mike. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Oh, happy to do it, Adam. How are you? I'm delightful. Uh, I watched that game from start to finish last night. I don't do that normally with the NBA. I'm usually in and out, uh, but I was all in because it was that exciting. But the end of it did mar it a little bit for me. And I wonder for you, what stood out most at the end? Well, the thing that has to stand out most is uh, a professional player who's been in the game for around 15 years, somewhere in that ballpark, not knowing what the, what the score was. I mean, that, that, it's incredible that that would happen in a game of that magnitude. But if he's aware of his circumstance at that point, all he has to do is at least make an attempt to get Kevin Garnett, excuse me, Kevin Durant uh, off his feet and then perhaps either get fouled himself or, or, or wait until KD was on his way down and then try to finish a layup. Uh, he had lots of options there, and he chose to try to kill the rest of the game, which he actually did very well. Yeah, he did nail that part. Had the score been what he thought it was, he did it perfectly. Oh, he did a great job with, with making sure that no one scored and he didn't get fouled. That was, that was brilliant. Have you ever seen anything like that, forgetting basketball, but in the history of sports, I suppose Chris Webber's pretty close. I, actually, I think Chris Webber, I think it's much easier to lose track of uh, the number of timeouts than, <laughs> than, than the score, because the score is right there. And it's also the most important thing, time and score. You know, I, I, I've heard some people bring up Nasir Robinson. I, I saw it on Twitter. Some people brought up Nasir Robinson and his foul. Uh, in the 2011 game against Matt Howard with uh, essentially no time left. Uh, that, that, I think that would be very comparable uh, because if, in that case, because Gilbert Brown missed the second free throw, if, uh, if, um, if Nasir does not foul Howard, the game goes into overtime and Pitt would have probably been favored at that point to finish off the win. Um, whereas last night with, with JR, with JR, deciding to try to kill the end of the game. I mean, there wasn't any question from anybody that that game was going to the Warriors. Cleveland had pushed that that rock as far up the hill as they could. And that's what's so frustrating if you're a LeBron James or a Cleveland fan. When you're in those games against that team, you've got to put it away. And that's not exactly a hot take. I'm not breaking any news there. But does this series wind up a short one because that first game got away? You know, I, I think we still have to see what happens when they get back to Cleveland. I, I, I suspect it'll be shorter than it might have been. I mean, I, obviously it'll be shorter than it would have been because uh, I don't think anybody would have expected the Cavs to sweep. Uh, so it, it, if they had been able to ring one up and force the Warriors, you know, take home court advantage away, which would have been enormous for Cleveland because they've been so much better uh, at home. The, the, look, LeBron's been great everywhere he's been in this playoffs, uh, whether it's been at Toronto or Boston or Indiana or, or last night. He's been great everywhere, or Cleveland as well. But the Cavs, the, the rest of the Cavs seem to play much better uh, when they're at home. They, they, they're not as much of a burden to LeBron as they are in the road games. Is this as bad a team as LeBron has taken there? No, the 2017 was by far worse. I mean, they, there was very little ability adjacent to him that year, uh, and in, in that, so when they got into the finals and were swept, I don't think anybody was remotely surprised. It was a very poor team. Plus, LeBron at that point is he was great, but he wasn't anywhere near what he's become at this point. And at this point, the, the, these seasons he's having and, and these, these playoffs he's having, 
Um, he is, I, I really believe, he's unsurpassed in the history of the game. Uh, there's never been a winning influence like him. Like, he went out last night and scored 51 points like it was nothing. Uh, it, like it was routine, 51, and, and I think he had 8 and 8 or something like that. Uh, the, the kinds of things he's doing, uh, people have now become uh, just sort of immune to it, like it's what's expected. But this is, we have to remember, this is, this is not what everybody, even the greatest players, have been able to do at this stage. Mike DeCourcy joining us here on the Crowley Show. When that really struck me, wasn't when LeBron's putting up the 50, but it's at the end whenever he's bickering with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson walks over, and Clay Thompson's a head taller than Steph, and then there's LeBron James towering over both of them, and he's hitting Jays throughout the game from three-point land. And does it make a difference if a guy like Iguodala plays? I mean, does he slow him down enough now, uh, or is that time over now for Iguodala if he even is able to suit up in this series? Yeah, I think we'd have to see it. Um, that may be something that becomes a, an advantage for, for Golden State uh, as the series goes forward, but it's hard to imagine anybody slowing him down too much. <laughs> Uh, he's become, I mean, he's certain, it's really more about, I mean, for instance, yesterday late in the game, every time they set a screen for LeBron, they switched um, instead of trying to fight through it or, you know, try to fight off or go under or whatever. They just switched every time. And so if that's what they're going to do, then it doesn't matter who the primary sure. defender is because you still wind up with the defender you want on him. So I, I don't think that really is that – I don't think it's that important. I think it's more about what Cleveland – excuse me, what the Golden State does with their tactics. How do you view the charge, not charge, replay at the end of the game? Well, I, I think it, there's two questions there. The first question is, did they make the right call? And yeah, they did arrive at the right call in the end. But then there's the there's the idea of how replay is used, and I you know I I, I fell out of love with replay, and Pittsburgh fans will certainly appreciate this. Um, back in the twenty excuse me two thousand and four uh, two thousand five excuse me season when Troy Palomalu made his interception against the Colts and then knocked the ball out of his own hands, and they went to replay and they said, well, it wasn't an interception. When it was clear live that it was an interception, it was clear on tape that it was an interception, they still got it wrong. And I'm like, look, if they go to the tape and they get it wrong, then why are they wasting my time? And we've seen that on many occasions. And in some cases, it's benefited dealers, the Tyler Boyd deal a couple of years ago at the start of the year, and in others it hasn't. And it, 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 you can say it evens out, but hey, there were, they were already evening out without wasting our time and interrupting the game. So why not go back to not wasting our time and interrupting the game? But the NBA goes one better, and they what they do is they decide that replays are enforced at the end of games, but not for the first 46 minutes. So they're telling you that the last two minutes of the game are more important than the first 46. Well, first of all, that's a bad message to send to fans because you're basically telling, don't, telling them don't bother to turn it until late because it really doesn't matter. Uh, because the end is what really counts. That's not smart. And secondarily, it's it's illogical. The end of the game doesn't count anymore. I think it was a, I think it was 107 to 107 at the end of regulation last night. Well, I, obviously, that there were a lot of points scored in the first 46 minutes that mattered just as much in getting to that number as the one scored in the last two minutes. So it's illogical to be able to do that. Let alone to also complicate it by saying not just can we check 
where you are in relation to the no-charge arc by going to the monitor in the last two minutes. But we can also relitigate the original call by deciding whether or not you were indeed in legal guarding position. It's a, it's a complete... Uh, it's just a complete cluster when you do all of that. And so even though they got the call right, I think they damaged their product by doing it. I couldn't agree more with all of that. I thought that they got the call right, too. But really, at what cost there? And that's what was so odd to me, Mike. You just described it perfectly. I get being able to review whether or not a guy's foot's in bounds or out of bounds. I understand being able to review whether your foot is in the restricted area, not in the restricted area. What I don't understand is then how they're able to review the call beyond that. I don't think that should be allowed at all. I, I don't understand why they wrote that into the rule book. But again, look at look at uh, the fouls that were called late in the uh, in the game or not called. Uh, there were I think there were at least two, and and some people on Twitter have tried to sell me on three um, that went against the Cavs down the stretch that were really bad calls and really obvious calls. And if you were allowed to challenge those calls or something like that, they would have been overturned and advantaged the Cavaliers instead of the Gold, instead of the Golden State Warriors. And I just so why why are those plays any less important than whether or not Kevin Durant charged into LeBron James or LeBron James blocked Kevin Durant? It, I don't. They weren't. It's only a two point play in all of those circumstances. So why is the one late supposed to be more important? Mike DeCourcy joining us here on the Crowley Show. So you're are you more on board with being able to challenge calls at different points in the game, or just saying screw you to replay altogether? Oh, I'd rather I'd rather all sports get rid of all replay. Yeah. I'd ra- every every last one of them get rid of it all because it doesn't because it's not infallible. I mean, we saw that with the Penguins, uh, the the puck that was tucked inside the 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 post that that wasn't seen, um, and so it, it didn't go as a full call for the Penguins. And it, and and it, and they and, and and replay is supposed to get that right, and they still got it wrong. And so that if, if you're not going to make it better. At least allow us to get to our dinner on time is kind of my <laughs> philosophy. Uh, Mike, as a guy who is from Pittsburgh and uh, a hockey guy, uh, someone who enjoys the sport, uh, as you referenced there, how do you think the playoffs compare? Uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs to the NBA playoffs, and do you think it's bad that the Golden State Warriors and Cleveland are meeting for four straight years? You know... This is this is I, I think it's not necessarily the best thing for the NBA because uh, you know it it, it it probably gets a better number in the end um, than, than than say I don't know just uh, let's say uh, Toronto against uh, San Antonio would have right. it, 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 so from that standpoint it's it's fine for the NBA's business because you got the biggest star in the game and the and the best team but in in, in the other 29, 28 markets in the NBA. How do you feel about that? I mean, your team doesn't really have that great a chance to win a championship. As a fan, and, and partly as a Pittsburgh fan, um, you know, I want my team to be in it. And I'm used to my team being in it most of the time. And I don't think I can adjust very well to it not being in it. And, and so, I, you know, I don't know that I could be a, a big-time fan of the Memphis Grizzlies or, uh, let's say, uh, um, the Charlotte uh, Hornets. I think I would I would struggle with that. I mean, they're not they're not close, and, and so I don't really know exactly what the point is if you don't have any chance at all. Yeah, I I agree with that. And the hard thing is, I don't know how you try to get 
that changed. LeBron James is LeBron James. Wherever he goes, it just seems like they're going to get to the championship. It's happened eight years in a row. So you kind of already know what one half of the bracket's going to be, and that might be the case until he's gone. You know, I, I think the way, the one way you change it is to have uh, you know a harder salary cap, and then it makes it yeah. a challenge. I mean, we saw in, in the NHL what how, how much Chicago struggled with that. Pittsburgh's been really good at it. Part of that has been, to a, to a great degree, Sidney Crosby's generosity. Um, if you want, I think that's the best way to put it. Is you know he hasn't forced them to give him the most money they can possibly give. And in, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, uh, you know, he'd be worth a third of the calorie, uh, salary cap. Uh, Gino'd be worth another third, and then you divide, you know, carve up the other third among everybody else if you wanted to. I mean, um, it, so it, part of it has been that, and part of it has been, you know. The idea of you know of really being smart with how you manage the money, and that's kept the, the Penguins uh, very relevant. But even at that, I think that um, I think that a cap probably helped uh, get them beat this year in some ways. Uh, you know, you had to make a decision on the goalies. If you could stack up guys, you just say, "Hey, you guys, fight it out amongst yourselves. We'll pay in, and and we'll and we'll have the you know the, the best goalkeeping in NHL history." Mike, really appreciate your time, man. I love the stuff, and hopefully we get a chance to do it again soon. Always a pleasure, Adam, anytime. You'd be good. There he goes, Mike DeCourcy. Check him out on Twitter, at TSN Mike. He covers a number of different things. Uh, He'll write Steelers-centric columns, Penguin-centric columns uh, at times. Very, very good, very opinionated, and always backs it up. Uh, He's a college hoops writer for the Sporting News, but knows his stuff. Big basketball mind there. Coming up next. What are those pirates going to do a closer? Does it even matter? Should we go nihilistic? Does it matter who the closer is? Probably not. And what's the worst teammate to have in sports? We'll get after the Twitter poll. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. We don't usually do a lot of NBA talk on this show. It's a hockey time. It's a football time. It's not a good basketball time. But this is the topic today. The NBA Finals. I was glued to it. The entire freaking country was glued to it. So we're going to talk about it. There was so much that happened at the end of the game that I don't even know if we have to talk about any of the other stuff. But sticking with the end of the game. (laughs) Tristan Thompson shoved a ball in Draymond Green's face and there was a kerfuffle that ensued. Well... Now the Warriors are talking. And Clay says Tristan shoving the ball in Draymond's face was, quote, uncalled for, but says, quote, we're not too concerned if Thompson's available or not, to be honest. Oh, oh no. Oh! <laughs> oh! I will say, as much as I love the National Hockey League, the NBA blows it out of the water with the trash talk. It blows it out of the water with the between-game stuff. It's hilarious. Trash talk is an art in the NBA. It's an absolute art. There's so much pettiness that goes on. Oh, it's like you go back to like Reggie Miller and stuff like that. He was one. He was like a Jedi when it came to trash talk. That guy could get in people's heads. I mean, it is. It's an absolute art. How about? I think it was. Game five of the Western Conference Finals, when finally we saw Steph Curry show up 
and he makes a shot, and he goes to the baseline, and he starts screaming into the crowd, this is my bleeping house! My bleeping house! Well, where you been, man? Been your house the whole time. Did you forget your keys? I love it. I love it. I'm all in on the NBA, man. It's like pro wrestling. It really is. It's awesome. There's so much. I mean, there's a team president who we thought had burner Twitter accounts. Now we think it's his wife. Perhaps it's an imposter. We don't know. And that's on the back burner now because the basketball was so good. And then you've got LeBron James in the post game. Hey, he's a little upset. Kind of acting diva-ish. Tom, do we have the LeBron James talking to the media about the infamous now J.R. Smith moment? Everybody's reaction to the play at the end with J.R. getting the rebound, there's still confusion about whether J.R. thought the game was tied or or whether he thought you guys were ahead. From where you stood on the court and from talking to him after the play, what's your reaction to it? What's your version? What do you mean, what's my version? Well... Did he think that the game was tied, or did he think that you guys had it salted away? How do I know that? Or did you discuss it at all with him at the end of the play? No. They asked me if I talked to JR about it. I said no already. I knew it was a tie game. We met, we, we was down one. Um, George Hill went up. He made the first one. We got the offensive rebound. You know, I thought we were all aware of what was going on. That's my view, so... I don't know what JR was thinking. I don't know the question you're trying to ask. I was just trying to see if you, you knew exactly what his state of mind was. Did he think that you guys had it won, or did he think he was trying to make a play? No. Not sure. What do you mean I'm not sure? No, I don't know his state of mind. Did you know if he knew the score? <laughs> Thank you. That was LeBron James at the end saying, be better tomorrow. Be better tomorrow. Talking to the media. But at the same time, he could have been saying the same thing to J.R. Smith. Hey, J.R., be better tomorrow. I thought Mike DeCourcy in the last segment made a really good point. He was talking about fouling at the end of games. He was talking about timeouts at the end of games. I think it's easy -er, to lose track of how many timeouts you have. Like Chris Webber. I think it's easy to forget how many fouls you have to give. It's not easy to forget the score. It's so hard to forget the score. It's impo- it seems impossible. It's, how can you? I mean, see, here's the things. Like, things like that, things like how many outs are in an inning, you have to know that. If you're in football and it's a final drive, you have to know how many seconds you have on the clock you to gotta be know able what to down it manage is. it. And you have to know what down it is. Exactly. It's just insane that he just lost it. I can't believe it. I've never seen anything like that. And what I love there about the questioning was you didn't think you had any idea what JR's state of mind was? Well, no! <laughs> no one knows what JR's state of mind is! Yeah. That guy's a whack! Yeah. He's running to midcourt backwards! The only explanation is that he thought that they had to leave. That's it. I mean, that's the only explanation. And then he said it going off the court. They zoomed in, and I'm a master lip reader, and it says he says i thought we were ahead that's what he thought i thought we were ahead so that was lebron trying to protect his teammate while also being very mad at his teammate and not wanting to outwardly defend him and poor lebron lebron just dropped 51 he had eight assists he had eight boards this guy did everything he could to drag his team to the finish line and then they threw up all over themselves at the finish line he wants to be a good teammate 
not just by playing well, but by sticking up for his guy, but he's also incredibly frustrated at his guy, so he's going to take it out on the media, and if this was Cam Newton, he'd be getting pooped on right now. Oh yeah, But it's LeBron James, so we're not going to do it. I didn't do it for Cam. I'm not going to do it for LeBron. It's the end of one of the most important games of the season, and all that's going through his mind, in addition to him probably thinking, i got to be getting the hell out of Cleveland. You know, and at that point, too, LeBron's already thinking, like, hey, JR, you missed most of your shots tonight. You couldn't hit the broad side of a barn during most of this game, and now you're going to pull that crap? Oh, I'm surprised LeBron just didn't walk up and just thunk him right in the forehead. Yes! That's what he looked like he wanted to do, the oh. meme that's going around everywhere. I mean, if that's you on that court, wouldn't you want to just drop him? Like, just walk up and punch him? Dude. I mean. J.R. Smith in this game. He played 38 minutes, had 10 points. He was 3 for 10, 2 for 6 from 3-point range, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Blech. Even before that happened, I'm sitting there screaming through the whole game. I'm just like, <laughs> JR, stop shooting. Just please stop shooting. Dude, you don't need the ball at all. No, here he goes again. Takes another shot. Ugh. Do you feel bad for him at all? Not at all. He's an idiot. He deserves everything that comes down on him. I feel bad for LeBron. Yes. yes. But not for J.R. Smith. That guy is a moron. This isn't the first time he's done it. There's some video going around on Twitter right now where there's actually a point where he's there's an inbound and he's off the court. He doesn't even realize he's in the game. He's like, oh, man, I'm on the game. The ball's in the basket by the time he actually gets on the court. The guy is an idiot. You had something to add there, Tom. I think he covered it all. Do you think maybe he was smoking pot? I know somebody who thinks so. I don't think weed was the problem here. I don't think that's what JR was doing. But just for the purposes of this show, I'll say it in a damn way. Stay off the weed! I mean, it kind of seemed like it, right? No short-term memory there. Yeah, and and Tom and I were talking about it earlier in the day, and Tom had a great point where Tom Tom says, I mean, if you want to tell it about the transition from the East Coast to the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's just been dealing with that Cleveland weed all, all year long, <laughs> and then he finally gets himself out to the Bay Area, and now all of a sudden he's got his hands on some gas, and it just was way <laughs> too much for him to handle. Coming off of that Cleveland weed. Like, he's completely off his game. Like, this stuff's powerful. Dude's tripping. Man, what's the score? Damn. <laughs> he was just hoping that foul shot went in. Yeah, my wake. Man, he so vigorously got that rebound, too. Like, if he was trying to kill the clock, he did a great job. Like, if, if that was the right situation, he nailed it. Yeah. Here's the one guy I don't think is getting enough criticism. Hey, Tyron Lue, call a freaking timeout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your stupid-ass basketball player is running the opposite way from the hoop. LeBron James is there, wide open, asking for the ball. And you didn't let it happen. Now, I've seen some people say, LeBron, what are you doing out there? LeBron's making sure if there's a fast break the other way. He's guarding. He's guarding the yeah, guy. absolutely. Because he's a giant tree who runs faster <laughs> than anybody on the court. Yeah. Oh, Tyron Lue. See, here's my theory about Tyron Lue. He hasn't had to do anything all season long. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, I have to call a timeout. That's 0-60. to 60. That's kind of tough to get all warmed up and ready and stand up and hold the tee.
Yeah. Absolutely. It's tough on him. I mean, the yeah, guy's you know really what? been yeah. sitting around yeah, the whole true. season. That's true. I feel bad for him. <laughs> Poor Tyron Lue. Like, they, what? I got to do something? They made all those moves at the midpoint of the season. I bet you he still doesn't know their players' names. <laughs> Tyron Lue didn't know the score. I guarantee you that. <laughs> and J.R. Smith, I guarantee you, doesn't know the rest of his teammates' names. Everyone just knows LeBron. Get it to that guy. Yeah. Get it to 2-3. Yikes, what a disaster. I want this from you, because I've had these moments. I think we all have in Little League things of that nature. I was once playing second base. And there was a ground ball to shortstop. And I'm thinking about, you know, getting a second base <clears throat> for the first time in my life or an something. An over-the-shirt second base. Exactly. Yeah, right. I was like 12 years old. I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. I wouldn't know what to do if I was put in that situation. So I'm daydreaming. I'm thinking about some chick. And... Ground ball to short. I don't cover second. We needed a double play. I had a pretty quick turn, and, well, it didn't happen. We've all been there. Brian's got stories. Tom's got stories. We'll get to those coming up in the next hour of the program in about seven minutes. I want you to chime in, 412-922-2874, and your tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. We're keeping it light today on the show. I got a lot of people tweeting in about their own J.R. Smith moments. Of course, theirs weren't broadcast to millions upon millions of people. But do you know what day it is? Is it a Friday? That's what I've heard. Wait, that means it's a free movie Friday, doesn't it? It is a free movie Friday by Adam Tickets. That's what I've been told. A-T-O-M. Yes, not A-D-A-M. So here's what you got to do. For this free movie Friday, by Adam Tickets, you get a chance to buy tickets. Invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone, and skip lines. Adam Tickets wants to give you a chance for free movie tickets. Just text Adam, A-T-O-M, for your chance to win. And that's 28661, Adam1. I got to redo this. I butchered the whole thing. You absolutely butchered that. I butchered it. I didn't have it up in front of me. We'll do Adam Tickets next and your stories about when you screwed up like I just did. Oh, no. See, me in Pittsburgh. Stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. And you can't stay off the weed. He ain't getting busted for using weed. Stays off (laughs) the weed. You couldn't stay off the weed. Stay off the damn weed. And they don't listen.